and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 312 here in the Zen Room, episode 98. My name is Patrick Finn, and I'd like to welcome back the prodigal Tommy Gibbons. Prodigal. Hey, bitches. And how are you feeling tonight, Tommy? I am in pain. Well, our listeners are dying to know what weird sexual position were you in when you hurt your back? Well, this is not the podcast for that. (laughs) I thought this was exactly the podcast for that. That information is behind a paywall. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I got out of bed in the middle of the night. And that was it. And I I have not been pain-free since. My lower back, it feels like something's gripping. It's horrible. It's even in my coccyx. Ooh, that's a bad thing to have in your coccyx. Like I said to you before, I was like... I looked for, like, bruises or scrapes. Did I fall? No. No. I've actually I've had that happen. It's you just, just get out of bed the wrong way sometimes. And I swear to God, I can't, it's almost two weeks, and I can't believe I'm still in this much pain. That sucks. Oh, it's crazy. That really does. That yeah, it's, it's, it's getting old is not for sissies. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it's not, Betty Davis. <laughs> and you know what, Patrick? I've always been a sissy. That goes without saying. So this is not for me. <laughs> Pain is not I'm not your... enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. No. No, no one ever does. Uh, well, so, no, some do, but no, not you. Go ahead. Where are we? What's what... Well, we're just, we're just beginning. Oh, we're just I was going to ask how your past week was, but it uh, sounds like you've been basically been laid up. I've been in pain. I've been in pain for two weeks. It happened during the Larry Project. Right. It happened, uh, Larry ran Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday night, I hurt myself. Sunday, we did the show, and that was the end of Larry Project. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, that's it. I haven't done anything. Oh, wow. That sucks. Yeah, you can't get in the good position. You can't. It's like back teeth yeah, and body, you can't move. body aches. Right. No matter where you go. So, yeah, that's been, that's been uh, my two weeks. Oh, sorry to hear And that. last week, I could, I, just to like roll over to get to the, was, was incredibly pain, like shocking, squeezing, horrible, yes. hardening pain to roll over to get to the phone. And I was like, bitch, I can't do this tonight. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad you got Price. Bryce. Yes, Avery Bryce Dallas Howard Powell filled in at the last minute. It was very generous of him. He's always wonderful. Definitely was. Yeah. Great to see him again. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned the Laramie Project. You just directed a, what, a, a teenage was, production of it? Uh, cast with Teenagers. Okay. Where was that at? The studio at Studio Theater in Lindenhurst. Yeah, they, they're a uh, youth theater program. Okay. Youth theater program. Um, yeah, they do They do a lot. They do like two plays and two musicals, actually more like three a year for three different age groups and and things for the babies and, and all these things. They do all these things. And among them, we did the Lowry Project and it was uh, well done. Excellent. They did an excellent job. We got to speak to Dennis Shepard, which for me and for, for those of you who don't know, that's, I was Matt. That's Matthew Shepard's father. Who is, I'll tell you what, man could talk. He ain't ashamed to go on. I'm and sure. He goes on and on and on. He just keeps talking. He just you ask him a question. Yeah. Okay. So he he, he sort of like repeats the question back. Okay. Now you gotta think this guy's been doing this for what twenty years. Yeah. Okay. So he repeats the question and then he goes off on these stories. And twenty minutes later, it comes back to the original question. He answers the original question, and we're done. We move on to the next one. <laughs> but it's that twenty minutes. In there, like he, 
they lived in Saudi Arabia, he and his wife. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. He was, he was an oil executive. He was in Saudi Arabia. So he gets a phone call. You have to get home. Matthew's in bad shape. So now, I don't know. He said they, they gave us our passports. Yeah. He was talking about how good the company was to him at the time. Okay. They gave us our passports. It was sort of in the case like they took them at some point. Yeah. Like why the, getting a plane was difficult through the Netherlands, back to, okay, like, what was it, 37 hours? Yeah. Okay. He, they don't know what's going on. They have no idea. Oh, my God. Our sister picks, or our sister-in-law picks them up at the airport, and what do you know? We know nothing. What do you mean, what do we know? Nobody will tell us anything. Yeah. She, said, she wouldn't tell them. Wow. It was like like 40 hours of complete, what the fuck is going, going on, on with my son? Oh, what torture. Oh, God. I, it's just, you know, uh, the way I feel about him and Judy just, uh, he credits Judy for him agreeing to let Aaron live. Okay. Uh, she did that, and it wasn't just because of her beautiful heart and her, but no. it was every nine years we're going to have to go to a parole hearing or we're going to have to go to another appeal hearing. Yeah. We're gonna, this is going to absorb our lives. and Or we can just let him sit there and rot. That guy's just... It was, it was for me. It was another. How was it that he came to the theater? Did he come? He to didn't the come to the theater. Then how no. did you end up speaking to him? The Matthew Shepard Foundation. I told Michael. I told Michael, my boss, get in touch with the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Okay. Okay. And they will overwhelm you with information and offers and beautiful things. For and sure. they did, which they did. We got the bracelets, which we sold to raise money for the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Evan, he does this as a thing. Like, wow. you can set up a schedule where he'll come and address a cast of the Laramie Project. And he'll sit and talk to them. That's what amazing. I'm, my warning is, we started the phone, the, the, the Zoom was at 6.30. Okay. At 8.30, I'm saying, I want to kill myself. This is, I just, it, I mean, it's wonderful, but this is my first day of tech. How did the kids react to them? They were, I think they were sort of stunned. I like it. I don't think they, not because they consider him the way I do. He, they weren't there when it happened. They didn't see what he did. They no, didn't, but okay. here's a man that he, you're reading about him on the page. He, you've seen him portrayed in various films or TV movies or whatever, and now you're speaking to this actual the, person. There live. he is. Yeah. There he is. So, uh, and he's mentioning, which is, I think, what sucked them in. He's mentioning, without prompt, without being prompted, the people. Okay. The people like th that were up here in the show, he knew personally. So he's talking to them about the characters that they're playing. And that blew their fucking minds. That was crazy yeah. to them. It was a little crazy to me, too. Like I said, they're no longer characters on the script. Yeah, it was know? crazy. And I think it took a, uh, uh, the show took, a, took a, a, a twitch, a step, a stitch up. That night, I think they were very, they were incredibly respectful. They had questions. They were ready. They, you know, they they yeah. did the right thing, and they were. They what were, was the most surprising thing you heard him say? Oh God, that I heard Dennis Shepard, Shepard say. say. I, I guess it was the trip home. Yeah, because that you you don't know about. You that. never hear about that. You, you don't know. Uh, um, I asked him about Logan, who was is the second son. Okay, and for everything Matthew was. Logan is the exact opposite. Oh, wow. Logan is a big, hulking uh, sports guy. Okay. Okay. They would have been in their 40s. Well, Logan's in his 40s. They would have been in their 40s. Yeah. And so I asked Dennis, I was like, in all of this, 
how did Logan, how did you keep him out of it? And how did, how, what was his, yeah, I mean, you were so good at keeping him shielded from What this. was that story? Yeah. Tell me about Logan at this time. What was going on with Logan? Uh, the story I know, I know what we've done, I know who you are. Tell me about Logan. Yeah. Like, um, for some reason, I was just so captivated by Logan. Wow. Still don't know anything. Yeah. He's married, wouldn't have children. He called Morgan paranoid. He, he called him parent, um, Logan. He called Logan paranoid that he won't have children because he doesn't want to risk going through what, what happened. Yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't want to That's risk a that shame. sort of thing. That's a shame. Yeah. yeah so, you can understand the feeling, the trauma you must have gone through to feel that way. But it's amazing that you think about how far reaching that crime was. Of I mean, course. That's, that's still oh my God. right in the family right there. But um, now... They're not going to, the, the the shepherds ain't going to have grandkids. No. <laughs> yeah. And if there are two people who deserve to have grandkids. It's and them. Would, oh, yeah. So. It's them. Well, that's yeah. amazing. All right. So what, what are you up to? What Good day to is it? Well, no, I haven't even gotten to that yet. I was going to talk about my past week. Tell me. First, we had a dinner with friends this past weekend over at a great Italian restaurant in the town of Farmingdale called Trey Scalini. Okay. Really, it's an old fashioned Italian restaurant. Okay. They're not trying to rush you out of there yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's nice and easy going and stuff. Great food. I recommend the veal. Look at you with the two <laughs> for that whole time. Yeah. We had a really good time. Really enjoyed ourselves. Okay. There. And then we did our autumn cleanup of the yard. That sounds so exciting. No, it wasn't. It was quite burdensome. It's all it's awful. And the funny thing is, afterwards, you know what part of my body was sore? My butt cheeks, of all things. Uh, but yeah. I was bending, you know, getting up and bending down because we we're like cutting down bushes, cutting You're down plants squats. and stuff. A lot of squats. I felt like I like rode a horse the way my butt cheeks felt. <laughs> okay. So that's because if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, that's true, too. Obviously, I got to work on my glutes some more. I mean, I mean, gardening, that sort of winter gardening, the raking and the pulling and the pine and moving the pots back and throwing yeah. the dirt and all. That focaccia shit has to be done at it all. But it's usually like spread out over time. We did this whole yard cleanup in like one fell swoop pretty much. Oh. Well, so, at your age, you should know better. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And you're a homeowner for how many years? You should know better. Well, also, this weather, was, I was like, every weekend it was raining, so we couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that didn't help either. So we dealt with that. I'm and sure. then we started rehearsals this week for Times Square Angel. Times Square Angel. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Every time I hear that title, I picture tap dancing. <laughs> it should. That sounds like it should be a title of a musical, right? Times Square Angel. Yeah, but this isn't. It's a you know, it's a Christmas play. You know, parody of the nineteen forties Christmas yeah, it's movies. Charles Bush dead on parody. Yeah, it really it is. It's a, it's a it's a great parody. Wow. It really is having a lot of fun with that. So, and then of course, before we get into our regular segments. We had the elections last night. Oh, yeah, they went pretty well. Lots happened. In Ohio, they approved a constitutional amendment to ensure access to abortion and other forms of reproductive medical care. A constitutional amendment by double digits. They voted yes and watch what happens next. Yeah. Well, now that's why you're hearing all these conservatives talking about, we should have a federal ban on this. And it's like... Wait a minute. You've been arguing all this time that it issue. should be a state issue. Right. Now you want to take exactly it away right. from the states because the states aren't going your way? That's exactly right. <laughs> the, the, what um, one of them said, well, Centaur made a fool out of himself. Oh, God, yes. He, that's easy for him to do. I can't remember what he said. Rick Centaur, 
He said when you keep putting issue, sexy issues like abortion oh, and marijuana no, on the no. ballots, the young people are going to come out to vote. And I was like, oh, really? Abortion's a sexy issue? Like, as It's in, like, you ass. As, but beyond that, I mean, that's just gross. But I know what he means by sexy. He doesn't mean sexy, like you're implying by calling him gross. But, uh, you know, a, a big ticket item, a, a, something that incites passion. Yeah. He uh, he said that they were uh, sexy thing like like uh, and that it brings the young people into vote and he was using that as a reason why they lost and like they don't well, want the young happened. people to they, vote they don't want the young people to vote no because they're not going to support them they do not they don't want anybody to vote one of them said there's too much too much well that was the thing they said about. Oh, we shouldn't be deciding things. We're not a pure democracy. A pure democracy. He said something along those lines. Exactly. But in the meantime, there were other issues when he was serving in the Senate that were put up for public votes, and he had no problems with those. Well, it's about... So it's like, shut the fuck up. You know? Just shut the fuck up. When it happens to me, it's a problem. When it happens to you, I'm I'm not worried. Right. But aside from that, also in Kentucky, which is a basically a red state, <laughs> but a Democratic governor, Andy Beshear, was re-elected. Re-elected. Yeah, which I think is pretty amazing. What's his name? Andy Beshear. That's kind of sexy. Andy Beshear. Andy Beshear. <laughs> sexy. It huh? is. It's Andy Beshear. You know Andy Beshear. And then in Virginia. The Democrats not only retained control of the state Senate, but flipped over control of the state assembly. So now... Who's the governor? The governor is Republican, so his name is Youngkin. Okay. So he basically now has to work with an all-Democratic-majority legislature. legislature. Okay. So that's that's a deadlock thing, unless they can all override vetoes. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, so... But that's... Kind of a good thing, I guess. Yeah, it's a good thing. Then, in Rhode Island, they elected their first black representative in a special election to appear for Rhode Island in Congress. A black uh, black member named Gabe Ammo. He won election for Rhode Island. Okay. And in Philadelphia, they elected their first female mayor named Sherelle Parker. Okay. And in Mississippi, of all places, a man, a black gay man named Fabian Nelson became the first queer state legislature. You're lying. I kid you not. They're voting gay black people into legislation in Mississippi. In Mississippi. Yep. So what happens is, even though you try to subvert an education... Yep. People see things. Of they, course they, they do. They absorb things. They know things. They feel things. They Well, that's why know, this, there's another election in Virginia. A transgender woman named Danica Rome became the first transgender state senator in this election. Okay. So, yeah. So, things are slowly, slowly, slowly turning around. I think I think the, the whole thing with the... People are starting to say, wait, well, hold on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... Well, it's going to bring me up to the next of the elections. There was a big focus on school board races this year. Uh, that's where the power is. Because there's this right-wing group called Moms for Liberty. They have chapters in like 45 states. They started in Florida in 2021 when they opposed the mask mandates in school. Okay. So now they're against mentioning anything. LGBTQ in schools. What is the word? They support. Say the word. Libidiqua. Thank you. Libidiqua. And they support the banning of books and mention anything like that. And anyway, they endorsed a whole bunch of school board candidates and most of them lost. Lost. 
They lost in races in Pennsylvania, Iowa, Virginia, Minnesota, South Carolina, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. They said that 80% of their races that, that they lost this past, that they lost yesterday. But at the same time, they made gains in York County, Pennsylvania, in Texas' uh, third largest school district, and in Minnesota's largest school district. So as of now, they have now elected 365 of their candidates in the past two years. Uh, that's, that's half a person a day. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to be impressed I did that math right yes, there. Yes, yeah, I was very impressed. You got to say. <laughs> I guess fractions are your forte. No. <laughs> no. Although I love the story about um, the quarter pounder and what was the competitor who was going to come out with a third pounder because the quarter pounder was so was so big yes. that they come out with a third pounder and nobody would buy it because they had thought a quarter pound was bigger than a third of third a pound. pound. Because four is bigger than three. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But anyway, we finally move on to our regular segments. Wait, we haven't even started yet? We haven't even started yet. Oh, you got some cutting to do. <laughs> Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. I hate <laughs> <laughs> you like, don't like any of the sound effects for this segment. That that well that for this segment so far you're right. So what what are we talking about? Today they well this week they came out with one of the, the ten most popular dog names this year. Okay. Let me guess. Number 10. No, I'm not going to guess by number. Oh, okay. Let me just say, you tell me if it's on the list. I'll tell you if it's on the list. Okay. Uh, uh, Dutch. No Dutch. Okay, no Dutch? No Dutch. Um, not in the top 10 anyway. Okay, hold on. I got to think about this. This is dog names. This is people. This is like Chloe's... Um, <laughs> Natten. God, it, uh, they're so obvious. It's like. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. Captain, go ahead. Number 10 is Bailey. Bailey, of course. Number 9 is Milo. Milo, I know a Milo, and I know a Milo dog. He's the only dog that Louie doesn't freak out okay. when they meet. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, Milo's a cute little white thing. Number eight is Lucy. Lucy. I love that name, Lucy. That's a good name for I a dog. I would name a dog Lucy. Number uh, seven is Buddy. Buddy. Of course, that, Buddy. How could you not have Buddy? Where was my head just now? Right, I, I, I am say. I'll tell you what, my back feels a little bit better. I'm sure it does. Number six is Coco. Coco. What a, what a gay name for a dog. Well, or not, you know, like... <laughs> Any kind of dog could be named Coco. I know, but still, like, Coco, give me a Coco. Coco, put it down. That sounds better. Coco. Number five is Charlie. I uh, see. Boys, girls, dogs. What's next? Number four is Daisy. Uh, it's another name I love. Daisy? I don't know any. I've never heard of a dog named Daisy. Uh, I, I well, can't say that I have either, but I think it's a great name across the board. It is a nice name. Daisy. It's fun. It's like... Number three is Max. Max is obvious. That's a good name. Yeah, Number two is Luna. Puke. <laughs> puke. Okay. And number one is Bella. Yeah, also puke. Oh, you don't like Bella? I don't. Here's the thing. Debbie Pleasy has a dog named Bella. That's... If she ever hears about this, she's going to have your head. I don't feel threatened. <laughs> what I'm saying is the do uh, a dog's name, 
should have a hard sound. A K, a T, you know. Like Rex. A, yeah, exactly. Because you're going to have to say it with an impact. And a harder consonant is easier to do that on than something like Ella. Ella! It's not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's too like soft. Max works. You, yes. You need to be able to get the dog's attention uh, and a, a name with hard consonant sounds helps that happen. Yes, now, understand, I have a dog named Louie. Yes, which, you'd be happy to know, is number 53 on the list. Okay, that's good to know. Right? The point was, there's not a hard sound anywhere in his name. No. I didn't name the dog. I decided to keep the name of the dog. That was me with Abigail. Yeah, That was yeah. her name when we got her, um, which is not on the list at all. But Ab- <laughs> Abigail was like two when you got her, right? She was about three, three and a half. So she, all right, so she already knew her name. Yeah. Louis was a puppy. Okay. Louis was four months old. Oh, yeah. So I could have changed that. But I like, I, he sort of looked like a Louis. Yes, he does. But here I am giving advice about the hard sounds and Louis. You did the opposite. Yeah, I didn't do the opposite. I decided <laughs> to not. Yes, I did the opposite. Fuck you. And then funnily enough, the name Finn is number 54, which I was like, oh, cool. My last name is a dog's name. I told, first of all, I totally didn't make that connection. Okay. All right. I know a lot of kids who like to be called Finn. Finn is a very popular name among a certain age group. Okay. Of high school, college-ish people. Finn. They like that name, Finn. Yes. It goes against my rules, but it's a nice name. You could name your dog and your son the same thing. Yes, you And can. your fish, without irony. <laughs> without irony. It's amazing. Yes. Some words. Well, we now move on to our Dictionary of Dogs, Um, our Canine Compendium. Too bad you missed last week. I want you to notice what I'm wearing. Yes, your old English sheepdog sweatshirt. Yes, yes. See, I had that episode all set up for you, and then you call in with a bad back. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't take it out of the order. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Nobody would have missed it if the segment wasn't there. I would have known. Oh. (laughs) And that's all that matters. So you made the conscious decision to go ahead and do without... You made a conscious... You said, I could, I don't have... uh, Yeah, that's... Yes. You did that. I did that. All right. (laughs) All right. But anyway, today's dog comes from Brazil. Well, hold on. What letter are we at? Ah, the letter P. Pomeranian. No. Pincher, comma, Doberman. (laughs) No. Uh, P. 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 D. P. A dog name. A dog. A dog breed. P. Did I say Pomeranian? Yes. Dog breed. You said Pomeranian. Uh, I don't have anything else. Okay. Well, it is the Pampas Deerhound. Oh my God! I like that. That is what it looks like. Oh. Okay. Isn't that a beautiful looking dog? Um. Yeah. I think that's so, like, sleek looking. He's weird looking. Well, like, from what I read about the dog, they're not clear if it was a, it's a dog native to Brazil or if it's the result of dogs brought by Portuguese colonists centuries ago and that interbred with native dogs. I'm not really sure of the dog's origin. Okay. But it is, uh, but on average, 19 to 24 inches tall, weighs about 45 pounds, has a single coat, the, and the coat's fur is always short, straight, dense, and rough. Which means it's all over every aspect of your life. Probably. It's like glitter. But it's odorless. The hair is odorless. Odorless. Okay. And the most common colors are white and light fawn. Okay. I is that show me the dog again. Sure. It looks like what is that what is that dog that has like the really pronounced forehead? It's like a terrier or it's like a I don't know. Oh god, I can't think of but he looks sort of like that. I just think it's such a sleek looking dog. Give me another picture. 
Give me a different picture. There we go. Okay. That looks like a lost and found ad. Yeah, I know, right? But that's the same that's, kind of type of dog. Here's just another, a fawn color. Here's another one. What, so what did he do? What's his point? What well, anyway, it's primarily a hunting dog. They have uh, excellent scent. They are known that they can trail prey for up to two days straight. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're, they're bred for speed. They um, look like speed. They hunt alone in pairs or in packs or even with its owner. Okay. Yeah. So that's the story of a pompous deer hound. All right, I like him. Yeah, I love him. I think it's a gorgeous-looking dog. We'll call him Buddy. We'll call him Buddy. <laughs> my Buddy. Oh, no. Here we Your go. Your Buddy. This is you. I think we'll move on to our next segment then. Like happy birthday. Many happy returns. Uh, Parade of the Dead. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. I feel like a pallbearer. Well, we have one birthday today, and it's a living person. Okay. He was born November 8th, 1959. He's known, he was born as Larry David Pacciotti. And I guess when he was younger, he moved to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area and started performing in drag as one half of a hag drag act called The Weather Gals. He eventually moved to California where he was hired by Catalina Video. I'm oh, sure you're dear. familiar with Catalina Video. I believe I could probably point out its logo. Yes, and he began working there, and eventually he became a film director of hundreds of gay films since 1988, okay. primarily for Falcon Studios. Okay. He also owns Catalina Video now. All right. And in 2007, he was chosen as out one of Out Magazine's Top 50 Most Influential People in the Queer Community. He's like 65 years old? Well, uh, 64 years old. Right. You might know him under the drag name of Chi-Chi LaRue. Chi-Chi LaRue? Yes. Show me a picture. I can show you a video Chi-Chi. of Chi-Chi LaRue. You took the house, you Okay. I have a few thoughts. Have you seen enough? That's enough. <laughs> that was her song, Addicted to Porn. I'm I'm a big fan of this man's work. Okay. Okay? Yes. That aside. Yes. Because that was not good. Well, you got to figure this was done five years ago, so they were, what, uh, 59 years old? And, sh- okay, what I learned from that video was that with a long introduction, yes. it's better to let the music play with nothing happening and make an entrance in the middle or toward the end of that big fucking long musical introduction so that you begin your song in applause. Well, maybe this was one of a number of songs she had performed. Maybe this wasn't her first uh, She was probably stuck on stage. Yes. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> is that acceptable? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. There's things you could still do, but yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, to Chi-Chi LaRue, we Chi-Chi say... Happy birthday! See, I thought Chi-Chi LaRue was a bigger girl. You what? You never get that cue right. I know. I always screw it up. No, what did you just say? Chi- I thought Chi-Chi LaRue was a bigger girl. I think she was bigger in her younger days. You say, yeah, if I remember some of the porn that she, cause she appeared in some of the porn videos yeah. that she made, you know, in drag, not taking part. God, like, 
But that's it for today's birthdays. Okay, good birthday, Chi-Chi. And we're going to skip Bring Out Your Dead because no one that you or I know about or of any significance died this past uh, all week. All right, okay. Which was okay. We had two last week, so. What were the two last week? Uh, oh, that, Powell, yeah, that Matthew Perry And Matthew one. Perry. Yeah, that was, that was rough. So we're going to move on to our next segment then. Patsy and the Coconuts. Today in History. And today in history, on November 8th, 1977, this person became the first openly gay man in the United States to win an election to public office. Is that Harvey Milk? It is Harvey Milk. That's Harvey Milk. Elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors today. That's right. First that was time. after he had run for, or he'd been running for office since like 1973. He had run for a number of positions, including for this board also. Him and a whole bunch of other gay men, probably. Yeah, well, they, in the in the final election, which he, he was elected, they had redrawn the district and the type of in the district voting procedure, and his district basically encompassed the Haight Ashbury area and the Castro. He served only eleven months in office. Yeah, but during which time he sponsored a bill that banned discrimination in public accommodations, housing, and employment on the basis of sexual orientation. Nineteen seventy. It was passed by a vote of eleven to one. The one no vote was cast by. Oh God, Dan White. I was gonna no, the man okay. who eventually assassinated, assassinated him. him. And uh, Mayor Moscone. Moscone. I was thinking of Moscone. Because uh, the two names go together to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They do. They're stuck there. They're linked together I don't believe now. I never knew the shooter's name. Oh, Dan White? I knew that he it was a political thing. Yeah. He, he was on the board as well. Dan White? Yep. It's so generic. What can I tell you? Turkey on white bread with mayo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Yes, it's time for what day is it? And you'll like this day. It's named for a cocktail. Oh. It is National Harvey Wallbanger Day. Oh, Harvey Wallbanger. Now, since you're a professional mixologist, you don't know you don't know how to make a Harvey Wallbanger? Bitch, where do you think I worked? Where do you think I work? I figured every bartender knows how to make a Harvey Wallbanger. Well, I do not. But give me a cheat card and I can fucking mix it for you. <laughs> it's not hard. Well, I'll tell you what it's composed of. I wish you would. It is three parts vodka. Okay. Six parts orange juice. Okay. And one part Galliano. You stir the vodka in the orange juice with ice. And then you float the Galliano on top. Garnish and serve in a highball glass. So it's a fucking screwdriver. Yeah, it's a variant of the screwdriver. It was invented primarily as part of a marketing campaign for Galliano. Uh, for this company. Yes, to promote Galliano. It was supposedly invented by this man named uh, Donato Duke Antone, who ran a bartending school in Connecticut. He supposedly is the one who invented it. He also invented another drink called the Freddy Fudpucker, which replaced the vodka with tequila but it was not nearly as popular oh, I can't imagine <laughs> tequila and orange juice have you ever have you ever had a Harvey Wallbanger uh, no no they were very popular in the 1970s yeah um, yeah, no. Who cares? Well, it's National Harvey Wallbanger Day. Okay. I'm sure there's somebody out there celebrating it. I'm not a vodka drinker, 
Ah, see, I am. So, I, so yeah. Well, then you might, like the next holiday for today, it's also National Cappuccino Day. I like a cappuccino. Now, would you want to explain to our listeners what a cappuccino is? A cappuccino is is espresso coffee ground with uh, milk, heated milk. Steamed Steamed milk. milk. Steamed milk. That's exactly right. Did you know it dates from the 18th century? No. And it was not known outside of Italy until the 1930s. The word cappuccino comes from a, it's a diminutive form of the word cappuccio, which means hood. Hood? Yeah, as in covering the head hood. And a cappuccino then would mean a small hood. But so they attribute it to the cappuccino friars. Okay. Who were hooded friars, and their color of their cloaks were reddish brown, which they said was similar to the the cappuccino drink. Oh, okay. So that's how it got its name. All right. That's long and twisted and kind of, all right. And it's usually, I did not know this, consumed in the morning with breakfast. I always thought of it as an afternoon or evening drink. Cappuccino? Yeah. It's espresso with steamed milk. Okay. If that shot of espresso, no matter what you put with it, mm-hmm. that shot of espresso is going to do what it does. <laughs> so maybe that's why they have it for breakfast. Okay. I prefer it black and maybe. So just, uh, to me, it's just, uh, what, what, uh, shit. What is just without the milk called? The fuck is that? It's a, it's a. What is what without the milk called? The coffee that cappuccino is made with. Espresso. With espresso. Yes. Yeah, I like an espresso usually black. Okay. I'm a tea drinker, so I wouldn't know about any of this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, coffee is um, more important than tea. Yes. There I said well, it. To you. To you anyway. Well, come on. I'm a rabid tea drinker. What can I say? Oh, come on. So, I guess we're going to move on to our next segment, wherein we turn our head and cough. <laughs> I said cough, not die. You got to like it. <laughs> I got Boy, it. Boy, I hear the buzz. Jeez. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was reading an article in AP, in AP News. Okay. About how doctors are now using ketamine okay. as an alternative pain uh, medication to opioids. Okay. Which I never realized it had medicinal uses outside of being an animal tranquilizer. Uh, well, you're an animal. <laughs> and if it's going to tranquilize me? Okay, so you, uh, I am not a 450-pound horse. No. So, do the math. <laughs> Well, have you ever tried ketamine, no. or as it's called special in the street, K. special K? No. I tried it once. Not willingly. When you, oh, not willingly? I believe once I was slipped, but keep continue. Okay. I tried it once, snorted it. It was just one snort, and it felt like my vision, one eye was still here in my head, and the other eye was like three feet out. Okay. And, and I just... Well, I don't like the... this at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, like, sat and, like, drank water for, like, a couple of hours until it passed through me or whatever, you know? Did it make you horny? No. didn't. Did you... I didn't enjoy the experience at did, all. Did you feel any pain? No, um, no, but I was in a bar when I did it, so I wouldn't be feeling pain anyway. Well. <laughs> but then I, said, then I drank water for two hours. All right. So I was kind of surprised when I was like, they're using this for pain therapy? I'm like, okay. Well, if you're able to sit there and do absolutely nothing and not engage for two hours, to me, that's pain therapy. I guess. That's a painkiller working. But one of the concerns expressed in the article is that its use will then lead to the same crisis that we had with opioids. Well, that was my question. Is it as addictive? Is it 
uh, addictive at all? What are the addictive? I, I, that I don't know. Really the, ar- really the article don't... didn't get into addiction levels or anything uh, like well, that. Well, it might be worth investigating. Because, Definitely. Uh, although it's, you know, clearly something made in a chemical by white-coated people. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chemistry thing. Yeah. I was just like, they, they caught me by surprise. I was like, ketamine? Special K? But then I was reading up on it. I was like, they use it for anesthesia, for pain therapy. Yeah. I was like, wow, I if didn't know If it puts you this. in that kind of state. Then... Well, I've always heard, known it only as an animal tranquilizer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, so if it works this well on a fucking horse. Yeah, right? And that's I mean, why people use it recreationally. Works. Yeah, you know? that's exactly right. Because it puts you in a place where nothing really matters. Well, well, I visited that place and I didn't enjoy it. All right, well, you had one eye three feet in front of you. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> that's that's like Beetlejuice. And reading up on it says it can cause hallucinations and visual disturbances. Okay. So I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. What? So that was a story on that. So now we move into our next segment, wherein we take a look into to my briefs. The only appropriate response. <laughs> and this week, we go to the state of Virginia. All right. Um, they don't appear that often. No, they don't. Well, you may remember sometime not too long ago, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, upheld a photographer's right not to take pictures of a same-sex couple. Okay. To deny the job. Yes. Okay. Well, in Virginia, there was a... Christian photographer who he wasn't asked to take any photographs but he wasn't happy with the law that said that he must accommodate people regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. So he brought a pre-enforcement challenge to the law. And... He was represented by this conservative legal group called the Alliance Defending Freedom. They're always freedom, justice, liberty. Right? Anyway, he went to a district court judge, and the judge ruled that this guy lacked standing to sue since he had never been enforced against him. And in almost the nine months since the statute became effective, no complaint had ever been filed under the statute. Okay, so... So he proceeded anyway, I guess he was on an appeal. Well, Virginia reached a settlement with this guy last week. Wait a minute. Who did he sue? The state of Virginia. Because he, as a photographer, he would have to take the picture of the lesbian couple? Yeah, he's saying that because of this law would be a violation of his First Amendment rights of free speech and practice of his religion. To not take the picture. Yes, even though no one came to him to ask take pictures. The statute has not been enforced against anybody so far. No complaints have been filed under it so far. But he brought this, what they call a pre-enforcement challenge to the law. Okay, and that's not a waste of time? Well, apparently not, because he got a settlement with the state of uh, Virginia. And they agreed not to enforce the law against the photographer if he refuses on religious grounds to provide services for a same-sex wedding. Wait, you can do this? You can go ahead in time and go to a court and say, look, if this ever happens to me... Well, that was, you know, there's what they call, like, totally blanking on the legal phrase. There are, under specific circumstances, where you can challenge a law. I don't think this is one of them. In these cases, you have to show damages. Not only that you're the law or the controversy was against you, but that whatever the controversy was, you suffered damages from it. Of course, that's why I'm in court. But this is the same thing that happened with the Supreme Court case. That photographer, one person came to her about it, and that was it. And then she brought the suit anyway. It's like, come on, what's going on here with these pre-enforcement challenges? I love that there's such a thing So then Virginia, like I said, Virginia caved and made an exception for this guy. 
because of his religious beliefs. And this is all because of the Supreme Court decision. What are his religious beliefs? He's a Christian. And what Supreme Court decision? The one that stated that the, photo the photographer in another case did not have to provide services to a same-sex couple. Which you you can then assume mean uh, florists and caterers. That's what, that's what it's going to eventually be extended to. So, yeah, okay. You know, it's going to legalize discrimination against gays on religious grounds or on First Amendment free speech grounds. Okay. It's it's a bad sign of things to you come. You and I have had gone toe-to-toe -to -toe about this before, and yep. I don't think that, like... Uh, Forcing somebody to... If he don't want to make the cake, go to the baker next door. Well, exactly. I, I wouldn't go to someone who I know is a bigot and does not support you know, gay people, queer people, same-sex marriage. I wouldn't go to that person's business in the first place. If I go into a bakery and say, oh, yeah, we would like two grooms on the top of the cake, and there was a problem, I don't want this guy cooking for my guests. But we also live in a much more suburban area, a very dense suburban area. Oh, it's dense. But there are not always people who live there. There are a lot of people in the rural areas where That's... there may be only one photographer in town or one bakery in town. Somebody, You know what? To, to, when it comes to the truth of it is, somebody got an iPhone. Do you know what I mean? Like, somebody has an iPhone. You don't... Uh, I understand. I understand. I understand. But it's. I, I think it's wrong to. Oh, and I quoted people. the other case wrong. It wasn't a photographer in the Supreme Court case, it was a website provider. She was designed websites. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't want to do it for lesbian people. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Is it the same thing as no shoes, no shirt, no service? No. You're, this is different. That's different. This is saying I'm discriminating against you because of your sexual uh, orientation. Unless he's burning crosses on my lawn, I don't give a fuck what he thinks about what's going on with me and my life. I don't care. Of course care. not. Of course. Okay. That shouldn't matter when you're doing business. But, that's the whole point. But if that's the way he wants to conduct his business, should he not be allowed to conduct his business thusly? Well, that's the whole debate here now. All right. But it's like, can he, should he be allowed to conduct his business thusly at the expense of violating the rights of people on sexual orientation and then it becomes opposite religions and then it becomes skin color? Okay. You know, how many exceptions are we going to take to this? First of all, I totally clocked your sarcasm there. I, I wasn't being sarcastic. At the opening. Yeah, I, no, I wasn't. You, that wasn't... You repeated my words back to me. Yes, but I wasn't being sarcastic about it. Okay. That was not my intent. Yeah, okay. And I apologize if you interpreted <laughs> that way. I apologize if you <laughs> interpreted it that way, which is like the classic uh, apo wrong apology in every... It's a cliche. I'm an attorney. What did you want? <laughs> What do you think about what's going on with Ivanka? What do you think she, like, what's going on? What do you mean? Like, did she testify today? Yeah. And she pretty much threw her husband under the bus. Oh, please, please. Those people are, come on. You know what's going to happen with those people. That motherfucker's guilty. 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 I like the house beat. I always do. I like that. He's Trump's gonna be found guilty on, on something. He's already found guilty of fraud. He's right. And this is only how much fraud or how much money is it gonna cost you. I know. And he's pissing this guy off on the daily. Well, I was gonna get to, that was actually our very next topic was Trump's appearance at trial. You week. are welcome for the segue. <laughs> 
Segu, I'm well, sorry. Well, we all, I think we all know about, uh, there was enough news coverage about Trump's antics on the witness stand. I We've heard puke. more than enough about it. I could it. puke. I could puke. First, I feel bad for his attorney because it's like you're hurting your own case by what you're doing. Yeah. You might think you're, you maybe you're doing it because of your political campaign, but you're going to kill the case for your business. Right now, right. Because of the way you're acting. That was my first reaction. My next reaction to that was anyone else I know whoever acted that way in a courtroom would have been sanctioned. I bet you can go back less than a year and find something similar happened in Judge Gerard Goran's courtroom. Ignorant. Okay. I bet in the last year there's been something at least approaching or similar to that. A defendant mouthing off and being disruptive and threats and things. Well, that's the thing. Like, Trump wasn't answering the questions. He was answering the way he wanted, and the judge is trying to tell him, answer the question. Listen, you're not here to make a political speech. Answer the question. And he wasn't doing that. No. What really pissed me off was when, as reported in the papers and on TV, when the judge told his lawyer, uh, Keese, I think his name is, control your client, and the lawyer's response was, well, it's your courtroom, you control them. At that point, I would have started fining the attorney yeah, and sanctioning yeah, yeah. the attorney if for not controlling his client well, that at that kind point. Of, and that but kind, that didn't happen either. But that kind of sass is just not good in front of a judge. You don't sass a judge like that. No! And nothing happened to him. I mean, believe me, in court, I've had my fair share of shouting matches with judges, but... Not you. Yes, me. Believe it or not. I only, believe it. Only once did I come close to being held in contempt, I think. That was about it. But, yeah, I've had my fair share of shouting matches with each other. Like I said, I couldn't believe what this judge was letting Trump get away with. In the That's what I was trying to say. Because anyone else never would have gotten away with no. that. Never. So what does that tell you about the judge? It, well, it tells you about our justice system. It's a different system for certain people in this country. But who's applying the pressure to this individual? judge to make sure that it goes that way. I don't, I don't think it's a matter of putting pressure on the judge. I think the, dru- the judge is trying to keep his record clean for, for appeals. Because you know no matter what happens, his attorneys There's are going to appeal. appeal. Oh, the, the, the paperwork's already written. Yeah. This needs to be filed. So he doesn't want to give them any further grounds. That's why, like I said, he was admonishing them all morning, and then in the afternoon, he pretty much let Trump have the run of the courtroom. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's... It's it's okay. I don't understand why that kind of behavior in court is okay. It's not okay. But is it doing everything that he wants, which is to show disrespect and bring down the justice system? Well, that's the thing. This, his fans love this shit because he's he's against the establishment. He's against the man, you know? the like government. It's nice. You risky wearing gray sweatpants. You understand. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? You were told you were going on about something. I, I now you totally lost my train of thought. Oh, see, that happens to me, and you get mad because <laughs> we were distracted by my husband's gray sweatpants. No, the cookies. Oh, you were distracted by the cookies. I was distracted by his gray sweatpants. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time once again for the Week in Fascism. I have to say. Yes. In this general topic. Yes. George DeSantis. Carl DeSantis. George DeSantos. George. The the New York, the Long Island Congressman. No, that's just Santos. I'm talking about the Florida Oh, the Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis. What's his name? I've. No, I can't think of his first name off the top of my head. (laughs) I'm going to say. Ron. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. 
I'm very disappointed. He has not made an appearance in this segment for weeks. I know. Florida's been off the radar a lot lately. I'm not. Uh, I'm kind but of don't worry. They're back on the radar this week. Oh, good. <laughs> I wouldn't let you down like that. Give me some Florida. All right. Well, you heard me talk about the Moms for Liberty yeah. before, right? Those crazy pictures. Well, there's this woman named Jennifer Tapley. She's a member of the Santa Rosa County Chapter of Moms for Liberty, and she was also a school board candidate. And she contacted the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office saying that she had evidence that a crime was committed. She said that pornography was given to a minor in school, this school being Jay High School, and she wanted to make a report of it and have it investigated. So, Tapley was accompanied by Tom Gursky, who also works at the Sheriff's Office and is an active member of Moms for Liberty. Where are we? <laughs> this is in Florida. Okay, okay, okay. In Santa Rosa County. And they went to the school. He said, the only reason we're here, a crime is being committed. It's a third degree fel felony, and we've got the evidence. So, the pornography at issue, it's a young adult novel called Storm and Fury, written by Jennifer Armentrout. The book is mostly about humans and gargoyles fighting demons. But, and the, the main character is named Trinity, is 18 years old, and there are some passages with sexual themes, including a few makeout sessions, and one scene in the book where a where the main character almost has sex. Oh, what happened? Why, what was the cock block? Well, as far as this Jennifer Tapley was concerned, any book that has a sex scene in it is pornographic. Okay. That's her rationale. There's a lot of books. Yes. Now, Florida law says it bans distributing a book that can of set with sexual content that is harmful to minors. Uh, so a book is only harmful to minors if it predominantly appeals to a prurient, shameful, or morbid interest and is patently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community as to what is suitable material or conduct for minors. This book has been recommended by Barnes & Noble, by library groups, for 14 to 18 year olds. What's it called? Sound and Fury, it's called. If I got that right, let me make sure. I'm sorry, Storm and Fury. So, um, they checked, the, they said... They, they sound like horses. <laughs> like, you would name two horses Storm and Fury. Yes. Or like a boat, like a boat and a motorcycle. But uh, this member of the sheriff's office, Sky Gursky, he also filed a complaint with a neighboring police department, the Milton Police Department, about a pornographic book. Uh, this book was another young adult novel called Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List. It's a romantic comedy that has some sexual situations and discussions, and it also includes queer characters. All right. Well, anyway, they're now investigating these books. Okay. Because that's what the police have time to do in Florida. Well, where are they? This is Florida, I know. Where in Florida? They're not like in Orlando where the police are busy. I, I don't know exactly where Santa Rosa County is. I'm guessing it's kind of middle of the state. Wouldn't surprise Probably me. Probably up north. But it's like, you're going to call the cops on librarians now? Is that what we're down to? You want to arrest a librarian? Do you watch TikTok? No, not really. YouTube? YouTube I watch, yes. Just type Karen. Oh, of course. The Karens. Yes, I know. And that's what this woman sounds like. She's a Karen. I fell into a hole. Oh, it's very easy to do that. Oh, my God. It was like three hours of Karen videos. I was like, I can't, I can't, I, I, that for that long. Right? For fuck's sake. Karen video, Karen, Karen's in court. Karen's and judges. Karen's in the public. Karen's in the fast food place. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, Florida isn't, isn't the only state we're visiting this in this segment. We also go to the state of Texas. Uh, the other one, yeah. And there's a school there, Sherman High School, and they're putting on a they were putting on a production of Oklahoma. I know what part was she given? It was a senior named Max Hightower was cast in the role of Cur- Curly. Curly, the lead role. Okay. But Max Hightower is a transgender boy. Okay. So, a few days after he was cast, he was called into the principal's office and was told that actors and actresses could only play a role that was the same gender that they were assigned at birth. Which is something that they made up in the past 20 minutes because we had to. Well, the school district released a statement after that saying, There is no policy on how students are assigned to roles. As it relates to this particular production, the sex of the role is identified in the script will be used when casting. Because the nature and subject matter of productions vary, the district is not inclined to apply this criteria to all future productions. The statement also said that the production was under review and would be postponed because it was brought to the district's attention that the current production contained mature adult themes, profane language, and sexual content. Stop. How many times have you done Oklahoma? I've never appeared in Oklahoma, but I have seen it numerous times. Okay. Numerous times. I have done it so much. So much. I'm struggling to think of what profanity could be complained about in that show. Yeah, I don't recall any profanity in that show. And if there is, it's one of those doggone it or, or gosh damn it. Or is it burly Q? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could, it could or is it... Uh, can't say no. No. What is, what is this? Yeah, I mean, that's the girl, that, that number. I'm just a girl who can't and say no. no. And then in the other, in the next, in the act two one, she sings, I don't care if you stay out all night, don't wait up for me. This kid was cast as Curly. Yes. So it probably fit right nice in the range. Probably. Probably had the, had the voice to sing that, you know, that tenor role. Are we asking why the director uh, cast this person if it was against the district rules? I guess they weren't aware it was against the district rules because I guess this issue never arose before. But apparently this student was cast in other roles, both female and male roles. See how many cookies this is making me eat? (laughs) Do you see how many? I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. You better take a cookie because you're stressing me the fuck out. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the story of Oklahoma in Texas. Awful. Yeah, it's it's like you've got to be kidding. How old was that show? From the late, what, late 40s? I'm thinking like 42, 43. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, 43. I mean, it's a classic American musical. There's nothing prurient or overtly sexual about it. The only sexual mm, reference is about Judd with the vice with the knife that he says has dirty no, no, pictures no, no. of girls on. Girl, yeah. That's about it. And it's even then, they're wearing more than your sister wears at the beach. Yeah, I mean, there's no nude. I I don't understand the issue here. But I don't live in Texas. Wait, who was this person's competition? Don't know. It doesn't say. But obviously, they must have been the best best one for the role if they were casting it. I doubt she wasn't the only available Curly. I'm sure she was. There was probably well, they weren't. What I'm saying is, investigate the mother of the person who didn't get the part but thought they deserved it. Yeah. See if they had anything to do with it. Now you know they did. Right. They made that call. I'm sure someone did. Yeah. yeah I'm sure someone did. Because it makes no sense that it, clearly the director did not anticipate this. No. Obviously, they didn't. They didn't think it would be an issue. Otherwise, they never would have cast a person. Suddenly, here it is. 
At, you got to investigate. Yeah. There's something curious and sneaky going on here. I don't like it. It's like cheerleader moms, dance moms, <laughs> gymnastics moms, ice hockey moms. Oh. <laughs> Stage moms. Stage moms. The worst. Ice hockey mom will punch it. <laughs> anyway, we now move on to our next segment. We're watching you, watching you, watching you, watching you. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. What did uh, you watch this week? The House of Usher. Ah, you caught up on that, finally. The Fall of the House of Usher. How'd you like it? I liked it. I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. I thought it was one of the best things I've seen on Netflix in a while. It was It was well done. It was... Uh, I expect a lot of Emmy nominations for that. Yeah, yeah. I was, really it do. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I wish yeah. it was what uh, American horror story yeah was doing we we stopped watching this I haven't, I haven't watched it either it's it, uh, it was just going nowhere I thought and Emma Roberts is just not that strong of an actress to keep my interest in the uh, show well, you have a problem with her I don't I don't necessarily I've seen no she was in past seasons of American Horror Story she was very good this one no she's yeah, not the material is so bland yeah and this doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah. It's running in circles. Well, yeah, so I watched uh, How Usher. All right. That was fucked up. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was a good way to ad- adapt his stories into a contemporary I'm, setting. I'm not... I don't have the education enough to know the Poe references. Okay. You, know, you have to remind me that... Uh, and there are so many... That's why that, that raven was there. Yeah. Duh. But, I, you know, I just took it for... It's own thing. I didn't go into it with any knowledge. Certainly not. I imagine the depth of knowledge you would need to recognize them of Poe. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. But All right. Well, so, yeah, but it was good. I like Mark Hamill in the series. I thought he was really good Do in that part. Do you know that I knew, only knew it was Mark Hamill after I watched all eight seasons? All, all eight you episodes. didn't realize it was him? I didn't realize it was him. Oh, my God. He was great. He was good. He was great as the attorney. He really was. Pim, right? I, f- I forget the AI. I think it was Author Pim or something like that. Yeah. Which is the name of a character from a Poe story. I wouldn't <laughs> I don't know from Poe, so. I don't know from Poe, so. <laughs> Anything else you watch? I don't know from Poe, so. Anything else that you watched? I don't know. You don't know? From Poe? Besides The Fall of the House of Usher. So. Did you watch anything else? Um, uh, I wa- the TV's always on, but it's frequently serving as background noise. Okay. And in that case, it's usually CNN. Okay. When I, when I go, I, I um, nothing new in the world of RuPaul and Drag Race? No, not till tomorrow. Oh, okay. We're in Britain. Okay. We're doing UK. Uh, yeah. And it's going well. Going yeah. Well. yeah. Everything's all right so far. Cool. Yeah, no major blowouts, no major controversies, no... I tell you what, though, her wardrobe is better overseas. The wardrobe in Australia, the last Australia season, I don't know when the fuck that was. Okay. But, but um, you know how I love that reveal of her right before she comes down and talks yeah. to, to the judges? Yeah. And everything about it is perfect. The lighting is perfect. The sound is perfect. The, you know, cameras, everything happens at exactly the right moment. And she reveals a look. And in Australia, every fucking one of them was killer. Oh, my God. Just killer. But, yeah, yeah, it's going. Very it's going. cool. Same old, same old. Very cool. Well, what did I watch this week? Oh, we watched two bad serial killer movies on oh, Prime Video. What were they? One, I can't even remember the title of it. It was so forgettable. The other one was a, I didn't realize until afterwards, was a straight-to-video movie. Huh. 
called um, Midnight in the Switchgrass. It starred Megan Fox, Emile Hirsch, Lucas Haas, and Bruce Willis. Oh, God. This came out in, what, 2021? So I was curious. I'm like, this had to be when he started getting sick, when Bruce Willis started having with his illness. Right. It turns out he's only in three scenes in the whole movie. All right. And I probably attribute that to probably his growing debilitation from his illness. So how was it? Totally bland. I mean, Megan Fox was good. The story just, it. we were, we got to the end of it, we were just like, meh. Was it a made-up serial killer or? Yeah, it was a totally fictional story, uh, at least as far as I know it was. It just, yeah, well, I was very disappointed. They're not making good serial killer movies. Well, not straight to video. Yeah, I well, I didn't realize it was straight to video until afterwards. Now I know why it was. Yeah. So that kind of sucked. But we're right in the middle of a Netflix uh, four-episode series called Till Murder Do Us Part. See, I like a four-episode. I like the miniseries thing. Yeah. Um, eight episodes, 12 episodes. Yeah. Well, this is a four-episode documentary. Okay. Uh, it's about this woman named Elizabeth Hasem and her then-boyfriend, uh, this guy named uh, Jens Soaring. He was the son of a German diplomat. Jens? Yes, and they, they were in, attending school together, and they were 18 and 20 years old when her parents were both murdered. Oh, dear. And eventually, she was arrested for the crime. He fled overseas. With a name like Flem. Jens. Jens. Some places are for you to go. So, they, and the... He, went, he fled to England, and England wouldn't extradite him because the DA still had the death penalty on the table for the crimes. Okay. So then they made a negotiation. They said, all right, we won't, he won't face the death penalty if he's convicted. Can I just stop for a second? Yeah. And point out the irony of the government of Great Britain objecting to somebody being executed. Yeah. That it goes against everything that they've stood for for... Okay. Times have changed. Okay. Times have changed. So what so, happened? So anyway, they eventually extradited him. She pleaded guilty as an accessory to the murder and okay. said that he did it all. But that's not what happened. And Well, she he's saying she did it, basically. Okay. So we're in the middle of the series right now. We have two more episodes to watch. So what was the crime scene like? Bloody. They showed actual photographs. Bloody, awful scene. Just awful. I think it was her. I, I won't say any more, but like I said, it's, we have two more episodes to watch. What's it called? Uh, Till Murder Do Us Part, Sering versus Hasem. Is Till Murder Do Us Part a series that they have? That's the title of it. It's a limited four-episode documentary series. Okay. That's the name of it. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yes. And then lastly, it's not so much what we watch, but what I heard. Uh-oh. That was the new Beatles song. Oh, this is what you were saying. Yes. They released a song called Now and Then. Who released it? The remaining Beatles, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Okay. Now, what this song was, it was a five-minute solo piano demo that John Lennon wrote and recorded in 1977. Okay. In 1995, the three then-surviving Beatles got together, tried to do something with the song. After right. two days, they gave up. So, in this, I guess, year or whatever, it was completed by Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, and they included overdubs and guitar tracks by George Harrison from the 1995 sessions. Okay. 
And then they also, McCartney added additional lyrics, and then they extracted Lennon, Lennon's voice from demo tapes using AI audio restoration technology. Okay, so it's a Franken song. As a matter of speaking, yeah. So, this is the song. I wasn't that impressed with it. I wouldn't call it a Beatles song. No. It doesn't sound like the Beatles that we know of. You no. know? I mean, like I said, the song, he wrote it back in 77. There's no there's no fun, no passion, no emotion, no emoting in that clip that you just played. No. Like, even like, I, like George Harrison's my favorite Beatle. I love his guitar work. You don't hear any, like, classic lead guitar from him at all in the mm. song. At all, you know? I mean, yes, I know. This, his, his, his tracks in there are from 30 years ago. But it's I was I was disappointed. I know other people are raving, oh, it's a new Beatles song. And I'm like, no, it's not a Beatles song. It's a comp, it's this... Franken song. It's a Franken song. That's a good way to describe it. That really is. Yeah, so I was kind of disappointed by that. Oh, well, that's too bad. I know. Life is tough, get over it. <laughs> anyway, we now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for Stupid People. Who we got? This one comes from Indiana. Oh. It's not a celebrity, not a politician. It's not Elon Musk. Is it a Karen? Uh, no, I don't think she's a Karen either. Uh, what is she? Well, her name is Ruba Almagfeh. I'm sorry. Say that again slowly. Ruba. R-U-B-A. Almagfeh. Almagfeh. A-L-M-A-G-H-T-H-E-H. Never mind. Yeah, what about Mom Matilda? Well, she's 34 years old, and she crashed her car into the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge in Indianapolis last Friday. Okay. Uh, because she told us, as she told an officer at the time of her arrest, that she had been watching the news about the Israel-Hamas war. She was married in, in Israel. And couldn't breathe anymore, and she referenced her people back in Palestine. Okay. So then she attacked this building with her car. 
Okay. The only problem is there wasn't the right building. Well, no, the Israel's the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge uh, belongs to an extremist organization that is anti-Israel. Oh my God! <laughs> it's designated as a hate group. So just because it was Jewish. They targeted it anyway without knowing. Well, I saw pictures of the building, and there's a, uh, you know, the Star of David is on the building. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would see some of these people in Queens sometimes when I would go to court that they were called the Black Israelites. Okay. Um, so this, you know, it takes all sorts, Patrick. So, yeah, she was arrested for criminal recklessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to attack someone, make sure you're attacking the right group or person or organization before doing so. Asshole. But in the meantime, dear Ruba... Stupid! You're so stupid! So stupid. Very stupid. Who's next? Next! Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. I think we're going to Victor Victoria soon. What's that? I think I'm going to go watch Vic, Victor Victoria soon. Okay, why is that? Because of her singing. Ah, yeah, she does. She's great in that. But anyway, we're here for five faves. And being that we were discussing the so-called Beatles song earlier, I thought tonight we would name our five favorite Beatles songs. Come together. Come together. Good choice from the Abbey Road album. I love it. Love that beginning. Doesn't sound like anything else that was playing at the time. Right? I like it. It's a great, it's a great album. What else? My first choice, I'm not going to bother playing the song because I played it last week for okay. our five faves. All right. And that was my, my favorite Beatles song, Hey Bulldog. Okay. Great song on a, their worst album. All right. It was on their Yellow Submarine album. Okay. Uh, but it's a great song, great song. So, well, I'm not gonna bother playing it again. Once yeah, is, yeah, once is enough. Who needs two a weeks. repeat? Yeah, yeah, from the worst album. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the Beatles here. Yeah, Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Oh my God, why Penny Lane? I like the kind of storyish aspect of it. I like the way it sounds, like a like a carnival. I like the people he described. I like the song. It's a it's it's a cool song. It's a cool fucking. That's George Martin, their producer. He just knew how to add stuff like that. Yeah, I love this. It puts me in a place. Yes, it's a very upbeat song. And, uh, you know, it's, it describes a locale that I can visualize. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. All right, what's next? Next on my list... I'll have to go with their most rocking song, I think, and that's oh. 
Helter Skelter. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, I just, I can't get enough of it. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. God, it's so hard. Ah, uh, it's ah, uh, it's fucking uh, you know kills what's funny? me. That I, whole dis- guitar descending on it. I, oh, know, I love that. I don't know who was singing, but I knew that's Paul McCartney. I knew it was Beatles by the harmony. Okay, you're gonna hear their voices. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, man, they do those background. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, but that song, it's that. That to me is them at their most rocking. For sure, it's hard. It's, it's yes. Now play that against my third choice, which is. Um, I want to hold your hand. Oh my God! You went back to the old days. It's fun. <laughs> it's you could dance to it. Yes, it is. I love it. Good I love song. it. I love it. I love it. I approve. So I'm so <laughs> thankful. I that. knew you would be. <laughs> I got some cheap ass wine over here. So, well, I'm sorry. It's not cheap ass wine. It's called broke ass. Broke wine. ass wine. And it's uh, it's got a, a label on the front, and the label on the front says "No Frills Great Value Wine." And it's called Broke Ass. And this is a 2020, uh, what do I want to say, vintage. Okay. Uh, it's called Red Wine. Does it live up to its name and, and description? It spells Spain. Oh. Okay. And there is a silhouette of a donkey with a Band-Aid <laughs> across most of its body. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find the percentage here. What do we got? Oh, 14. It's not bad. Broke-ass wine. Good to know. I like it. I was going to buy cheap-ass wine, but um, I like this one better. Anyway, back to Power Five Phase. Sorry, 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 sorry. Quite all right. We're up to my third song. This one's from the White Album. That sounds like a bad impression of Mick Jagger. <laughs> a really bad, imp- like the drunk uncle at the wedding, 
doing Mick Jagger. Oh, shame on you. Who was singing? That's John Lennon. Ah, it was... It was... I love that song. Okay, so... It's uh, actually like three songs made into one, and the lyric imagery is great. I yeah, love it. Yeah, no. You know, not for you, Not huh? for me. Not uh, for me. Sorry I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that, with that That's song. That's from the White Album. One of my favorites. The White Album? Yep. What else is on the White Album? Uh, back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, Obladil, Oblada, Helter Skelter. I love that. Obladil, Oblada. Well, what's number four on your list? Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Of course. Do you want to hear the Beatles version, or would you prefer the William Shatner version? I'm sorry. This is a segment about the Beatles. <laughs> but William? I have both versions. Okay. I have 16 separate versions <coughs> of Every Breath You Take. I don't have to hear all of them. We're talking about the Beatles. <laughs> yourself in a boat on a river tangerine trees and marmalade skies marmalade sky is kind of scary I somebody say. calls you you answer quite slowly a girl with kaleidoscope eyes yeah I always connected to the kaleidoscope eye like I got it <laughs> I like this, how the voice goes way far back. Echo. And then suddenly, the headband. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so cool. It's like, the first cool. It's two different feels. That beginning, that you you sort of feel like you should be high. No. <laughs> no, you can't let the picture. Picture yourself. No, come on. Why would you do this? In a this? boat on a river. <laughs> what, what the fuck is the point With of this? Just tangerine trees. That's a but we're talking about serious topics. Here. Somebody calls you and say quite slowly. Isn't that the five favorite characters of the Beatles? With kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> you just don't appreciate the fine art of William Shatner. You don't. You underestimate me. <laughs> I will William Shatner. William Shatner to William Shatner. Okay. I can do bad singing. Well, we know that. My objection is the way you took this as an opportunity to play that. Well, you named it. I had to. I couldn't resist. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Come exactly. on, you couldn't resist. You need a twenty-eight day in-house program. When you can't resist, that's what happens. Yeah, my fourth song comes from Abbey Road. Abbey it's, Road. It's from Side Two. It's at the end of a medley. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right? I like that song. Right? Right? 
Yeah, I like it. I, uh, I just love that. What is the name of the track? She came in through the bathroom window. She came in through the bathroom window. Because that whole medley, it starts with, uh, I think, Because, and then goes into Me, Mr. Mustard, and then Polythene Pam, and then ends with this song. Okay. It's it's a Do you know I I never segue. know who, I never know who's singing. I that know, was Paul McCartney. I know singing. that the high the really really high stuff is usually McCartney, but I can never tell. I can never <laughs> tell. I don't know. <laughs> and I found out this song is based on a an anecdote of a fan who broke into Paul McCartney's home with a ladder going through the bathroom That's window. <laughs> but you know what real life Right? Right what you know, bitch. Exactly. Suddenly, there I am, laying in bed <laughs> with Cynthia. Yes. I don't know. So what is your fifth and final choice? Oh, we're still on Beatles song? Yes, we are. Your oh, last sh- one. Oh, my God. And I'm drunk. Because I don't have to jive. Yes, you don't. <laughs> yes, you don't. <laughs> it's the odd mixture of the positive with the negative. Okay. In speech. Yes, you don't. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, I could go yellow submarine and be happy. Oh, uh, that seems just so... That's like, like a weak I choice. I know. I wish I could clear my head. Oh, um, Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night. That's the one. What for your oldies is tonight? I like the I like the early Beatles. I, I guess you do. They're very poppy. <laughs> it's been a hard day. All the 60s dances. Of course. The jerk, the monkey, you got your twist going on. Your See, I mean, as much as I appreciate the early Beatles stuff, their early pop music, it's their rock stuff that I love. Yeah, I go more into the pop stuff. Yeah, that's understandable. It's um, Although I love things that come, come together. I think come yeah. together is fucking... It's a great song. The lyrics are fucking fantastic. I, it's, like, it's like what Freddie Mercury did. You know, you, like, with the opera thing. Okay, yes, with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But, yeah, but other songs, too. But anyway, it's expanding Some what rock and love. roll is. Yep. Putting, all of a sudden, putting violins, a string section. You got a yeah. choir or that little flute. A lot of that is attributable to their producer, George, George Martin, Martin. You know, Fifth Beatle. Yep. And probably McCartney, too. McCartney seemed to have a lot of hands-on with the productions, too. John was getting stoned. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> George is George meditating. George, George is meditating, <laughs> finding inner peace. And Ringo's looking for coffee. <laughs> anyway, for my last choice, it was tough. I almost went with the ballad of John and Yoko because I just love no, that song. No, no, you can't say Yoko in a Beatles section. <laughs> the fuck, Patrick? Go outside, turn around three times to the left, spit and throw salt over your right shoulder. But it is a Beatles song. It is, okay. But I didn't Fine. choose it. I didn't choose Fine. it. I chose instead another song. All right, whatever. I'm loving the drama. That's nice. All right, go back up. I don't know. Look at you. See the love. Yes, 
That's a George Harrison song. He wrote that song and is singing lead on it. Well, George George Harrison was the pothead. Oh, uh, they all were. Right. <laughs> I think they all were. George Harrison was the pothead. Do you know who played lead guitar on that song, though? Ringo. No. Uh, John. A non-member of the band. Oh, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Very good. Before he became an anti-vaxxer. Well... A lot of things happened before he became an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> he did a lot more drugs back then. Didn't question them. I, you know what? And they hold on. I don't, go ahead. No, that's it. I'm done. Okay. We're done with five faves. Oh, my God. That was so long and tedious. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> dear. We now move on to our final segment of the evening. Oh, God. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yeah, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. When painkillers don't work. That's your gripe of the week. Kimmy, if if you're going to advertise yourself as a pain reliever. Okay. And I take your dose. Yep. And then I double your dose. Yes. And I don't have no pain relief. That's when you should go see a doctor. But first of all, okay, let's add a point one to this to this, okay? Okay. I don't like false advertising and and uh, unsolicited advice. Oh, excuse me. Yes, man. and the bill won't pass unless you agree to both of them. I apologize if if I offended you. As you as if you could. <laughs> Go ahead. What's next? My gripe of the week. Oh, this should be good. Daylight savings time. I, I fucking hate it. Hate it. Dark by that? five o'clock now. What's the point? Now, Why do we do this? Right? There's no reason to do no, this. No, there is no reason for it anymore. I'm sorry. It's a waste. It's the, a, the only reason is tradition and laziness. I can't think of any other reason why they're still doing it. It's you know? horrible. It's stupid. It's yeah. unnecessary. And it makes people grumpy. Yeah. I hate when it's getting dark this early. My dog wants to eat at 3 o'clock in the afternoon now. I'm sure, right? I stick my dog out for a walk like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. No, it's too dark. No, I can't do it And there's roots and trees around here. Yeah. 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 No, I hate it. I do. I hate it. I hate it. Let me ask you a question. Is this now daylight savings time? Yes. So what we want to be at is... Eastern Standard Time. We want it back to spring forward, where... Right, that's Eastern Standard Time, EST. Well, we're still in Eastern Standard Time, but everyone's in the same time. No, this is... Everyone in Eastern Standard Time set their clock back one hour. Right. Right. But we want to stay at Eastern Standard Time and not turn our clocks back. Well, we're always in Eastern Standard Time. Well, but you keep saying that, but now we're in Daylight Savings Time. But Daylight Savings Time just set it... Back an hour, but we're always in Eastern Standard Time. Okay, I understand. So if you're looking at a world clock, we're going to be the Eastern Standard Time, and Tokyo is going to be 12 hours ahead. Right. Okay, fine, and fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, because you knew what I meant, and you it chose to be difficult. Well, yeah, it didn't seem that you were understanding it. No, I didn't understand it because I knew what I was trying to put across, and you kept insisting. So I, I, I finally got it enough. Well, I apologize 
If I misunderstood your ignorance. Yes, this is the third time you apologized on this singular podcast, and this is the third time you fucked it up. So wait, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? I'm drinking cheap-ass wine, broke-ass wine. We're, 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 we're at the end of the show. No, no, no. We, we're talking about something. Daylight savings Daylight time. Savings. So, okay, so wait. So daylight savings time, we're in now, right? I guess. Yes. No, I'm asking because I really don't know. I'm not an expert on these things. Or is this Eastern Standard Time? that We're, we're always an Eastern Standard Time. It doesn't matter. Okay, so then this must be daylight savings time. Yes. My question. But whether it's daylight savings time or not. We are still in Eastern Standard Time. Yes. By a global definition. Yes. Think smaller. How small do you want to think? I want to talk about the United States, specifically the East Coast. I understand that it is always Eastern Standard Time. Okay. But we have two references to time that we use. One of them is called Eastern Standard Time. The other one is called Daylight Savings Time. But it's not a standard of time. No, but it is. Because no, it's a change in the time. Fine. Okay, fine. But it's not a standard of time. I want you to Just think... Just like we have the Eastern Standard, we have the Mountain Standard. Already you're stepping out of bounds. Think smaller. I want to talk about Eastern Standard Time. Now, at this point, I hate me and you. So let's just end this right now. Whatever time it is, it's too fucking dark, too fucking early, and let's stop this shit because there ain't no reason for it. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. We now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. We want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast. Thank you. <laughs> Not only for bringing in cookies, but also for transporting Tommy oh, tonight. We didn't he has even no tell vehicle. you that story. No, we didn't even get to the story of Tommy's car. Holy shit, so my car won't start. Yes. So I'm like, Patrick, just so you know, like fucking, I don't know what's going to happen. And the worst thing that could happen happened. And I can't get my car fixed right now. So, Stephen had to drive from Farmingdale to Islip and back to Farmingdale twice. Yeah. Just to get my sorry, saggy, white Irish ass over here. And it was worth every gallon of gas. Okay, well, that's $3.98 a gallon. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> anyway, let me remind you, you can find all of our episodes at www.grumpyoldgaymen and their dogs. And you can follow our posts on Facebook and on the site formerly known as Twitter. Don't say that. It sounds like you're making fun of Prince. Well, it's better than saying X. You can find us on X. That's what he wants to call it. I know. It's a He's stupid paid name. three times too much money for it. No he kidding. He can change the name if he wants It's a stupid name. It's a stupid name. Oh, I agree. Go ahead. I think that's about it. I can't think of anything else. Can you think of anything else? Hold on, I'm trying to make a post on the on 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 the Facebook page. Well, you do that, and I'll say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why what? can't I post here? I don't know. People can't post on our page. Only you can post on our page. Bye, bitches. We don't fight now. Bye.